Uh, Patreon or is this YouTube? YouTube, bro. Oh, it's YouTube. All right. Assalamu alaikum, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the T3N. We're here with Anghid. We're here with Rami. And we're here with Imam Ibn Nafis. Hey, say what's up, y'all. Say what's up, because we about to go in. I don't know what we're going in on, but we're going in. Mm. Assalamu mm. alaikum, guys and girls. Thanks for tuning in again. If you are new to the podcast, consider hitting subscribe. We are the realest podcast out here. If you're coming back from last week, welcome back. Welcome. All right, so I obviously don't know what we're talking about because I was absent-minded while you were saying everything. So please enlighten, enlighten us. Today, we're going to be talking about why you're gay. That's a long episode, bro. Yeah, I'm good thing we got a real time, long episode. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Rami reiterate what I said, assuming that he was also not absent minded. Don't worry, I was not. Alhamdulillah, I was very very attentive. Bismillah. So today we're gonna be talking about working past um, what I would say is traumatic experiences or um, uh, setbacks in life. You know, for example. Um, abuse from parents <clears throat> you know this doesn't have to be physical abuse this could be emotional abuse this could be neglect right things that society doesn't really talk about because we don't have a great record of you know dealing with mental health properly um i i read a quote recently or, or a comment that said um america and you know america's spent so much time preparing for a war that they weren't ready for a pandemic right they're not ready for mm. things like mental health they're ready for you know uh hand-to-hand combat but not you know not the mental game so we're going to be talking about that. And I think best to talk about that would be Brother Anhan, mashallah. Um, so take the mic. All right. With permission from uh, the imam. Yeah, I grant you permission. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Jessica. All right. So uh, what do you guys want me to talk about? You guys want me to go in on like how it all happened? Do you want me to... Yeah, I mean, share, I mean, first and foremost, share whatever you're comfortable sharing, whatever you think would would be helpful, you know, we can drive lessons from, um, but start wherever you want to start. You could start like when it first began, when you first noticed Mm -hmm. it was was an issue, how you felt in the beginning. You're talking about the mental? You're talking about about everything, bro. Everything. And go go in assuming that people don't know the level that we know. Assume there's someone coming that's been like, yo, what is that guy in a tank top with tats going to talk about? Go in like that. And to be frank, I really don't know that much. So I'm, I'm in the same mm-hmm. uh, viewer standpoint. Damn, y'all putting me on the spot. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally counting down to Lana. I was like, guys, I think we should start this podcast again. I swear I was about <laughs> to say it, bro. I swear I was about to say it. It was in my head. I was like, yo, we should start this over. Nah, it's been, it's been a good two months since we've done that. So yeah. for the sake of continuity, let's just keep going. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great for the sake of continuity. <clears throat> uh, bismillah so uh i think i was like nine or ten years old uh my mom started going out with this one dude and the dude seemed pretty cool at first you know fast forward and then um he's living at the house his daughter's living at the house with me and my sister 
And um, things kind of just start going downhill from there. Where it's like this guy, he seemed cool at first, but he turned out to be the devil in disguise because it, it first started with this dude just being really firm and aggressive with me in terms of like uh, locally, like telling me either to do something or to not do something. Like, I mean, as a kid, you know, you don't like that. Right. I don't think anyone likes that, even adults, but it's like, you kind of get it where it's like, ah, well, he is kind of like a father figure at this moment in time. Cause he's at the house. He's with my mother, you know, he's, he's the man of the house like a better word so it's like um i i basically you know as a kid i would submit i would listen to this authority because like what else am i gonna do get my ass beat or get grounded and have all my video games taken away from me not be able to go outside and play with my friends come on now like i'm sure any kid would have done the same thing so that continued and then it got to points where um the guy would actually tell me to steal something. We were at a store and he would tell me, here, take this and put it in your pocket. And I was like, like I'm, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm, I'm going to get caught. And I remember one time I didn't do it. And he gave me this look like, all right, I just wait. Just wait was, and just see what's going to happen. And when we got back home, this man... Like I was walking to my room and then he came over and I'm like going into details. I probably shouldn't go into details, but um, last I mean, I'm already doing it. So um, I'm like walking into my room and uh, I can hear him behind me. Like he's walking with me. He's behind me. And there was no one else in the house. It was just me and him. And I remember as soon as I got in my room, like I walked into a corner to like grab something from a shelf and then he just closed the door and I like looked back and like, I swear like this this like panic just came over me because like, I didn't know what was going to happen it's just me and him alone in the house and this dude just closed the door like there's no one else in the house and this guy literally just closed the door behind him and then I asked him I was like like uh like are, are you good like is everything all right and this man just looked at me he didn't say anything he didn't say anything. He just looked at me. And the amount of anger and rage I could see in this man's face was just out of this world. And as he got close to me, he just punched me as hard as he could in my stomach. And like, I don't know if you guys have ever uh, gotten punched really hard in your stomach, especially in that top portion, where it's like the moment you get hit, it takes all your air. And like he hit me right there to where I couldn't breathe. And I was literally down on the ground, trying to get my breath, suffocating, for lack of better words. And um, just putting me down, man. Like, as I'm there trying to get air into my lungs, this man literally called me a, a pansy, calling me a pussy, saying that I can, I'm not worthy of anything, that, like, I'm not worth anything either. Uh, I can't even do a simple thing like that. Like, how am I going to do anything in my life? And... Um, that's that's very little. Like it, it gets worse and worse and worse over the years. But um, to to fast forward here, all right, the the whole point of this is that this 
got me to be very suicidal at times where I would just want to end everything because it's like, dude, I was being oppressed. I was being oppressed big time. I was being abused physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, everything. Like I'm talking about, I didn't, I did not want to live anymore. I didn't want to tell anyone because I was scared. I was scared of telling someone because the moment I did tell someone, this man actually acted like there was nothing wrong. Like I'm talking about this man put up the biggest front in history towards like the people who I told what he was doing to me, which was my best friend at the time, my best friend's dad. He convinced them that he wasn't doing anything and that I was just making it up. And y'all like, I, I, I pay for that. And I'm not going to say what happened after that, but I'm going to tell y'all that I pay for that. And um, being abused like that, being oppressed like that, I don't think that I feel suicidal, but I had evil thoughts, man. Like, I had things going on in my head where it's like, you know what? Tonight, while he's sleeping, I'm going into his room. I'm going to slit his throat. And I'm just going to end everything. I don't care what happens after that. I'm just going to end everything. And it's, it's just it's evil things that will go in my head because of what was going on. And what's even more crazy is that after, um, after he was no longer in my life, do still alive. I do still alive. He's still out there. But after this dude was no longer in my life, I no longer had anyone abusing me. I no longer had anyone oppressing me. But it continued on for like a good, what, four, six, four to six years where I was abusing and oppressing myself. And like it, it took this whole journey of like, um, getting deeper into uh, meditation because I wasn't I wasn't into religion at the time I wasn't into um, Islam I wasn't a Muslim so for me it was like all right well I know there's something wrong you know that's when I found out that I also had the addiction with pornography but it's like if you look at addiction addictions occur because it's just your way of trying to cope with something like yes you have certain people who have uh, a certain balance of uh and i'm gonna say it just for uh uh the imam ibn nafis here uh the certain neurochemistry makeup where it's like some people might actually be more inclined to be more addicted but some people might not but i'm just saying like an addiction in and of itself is you trying to cope with something and it's usually something from your childhood it's something that happened to you as a kid that you haven't dealt with and i had the addiction to pornography and that's when you know things kind of began uh clicking and my eyes started opening up and i started seeing oh okay um yeah i have these issues i have all these things that happened when i was a kid and i've been running away from it i've been trying to shut it out because when you're a kid and you go through something traumatic you actually try to shut it out you try to do something to disregard what's going on and it's like if i had I remember the story you told me in Iceland where you were um, talking about your childhood. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to say details because it's your story. You want to talk about it, you can. But like what you said and how you dealt with it is exactly what I'm referring to in the sense that you basically tried to shut it out. You try to close yourself off to it and try to um, not think about it. You try to basically act like that didn't exist, like that wasn't happening in your life. And that's what happened with me when I was being 
uh, well, when I was going through this whole abuse and everything, I was trying to run away from it. And that just continued on later in life. So um, I guess with the whole point of this video, people who do or people who have gone through something like this, you got to sit down with yourself. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever do is sitting down with yourself, not having any distractions, not having any friends or family, not doing anything, just sitting down with yourself, with what's going on in your head and literally just starting to break it down piece by piece. Because I'm going to tell you something. You got a lot of layers. If you look at an onion, an onion has a whole bunch of layers. Listen, the amount of trauma that we have, even people who didn't go through that much trauma, the amount of trauma we have is like this big-ass onion, and you have to keep peeling all the layers back little by little. It doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take a long time. Mm -hmm. Man, thank you for sharing that. Real quick, though, I just wanted to ask you a question. Let me see if you could relate. Do you ever realize, or not realize, do you ever forget sometimes how much and what you've been through? And it's almost like you got to remind Never. yourself. Never. <clears throat> mm. I mean, you bro. Think about it. Um, maybe the minor things, yeah, but like the real things that I've been through, it's, mm. it's never gone, bro. It's like a stain. It's always there, bro. Mm. Do you think in some way, shape, or form it has helped you, you know, develop yourself to who you are today? All right. So, uh, Bismillah, I, I spoke about this in the uh, ground, the Freshly Grounded podcast, mm -hmm. where he asked me, he's like, what's one thing about your childhood that um, you love or that you are happy that you went through? And I told him, I was like, yo, this is going to sound sadistic, but... Um, I'm really grateful for the fact that I was abused as a kid because, yeah, it was messed up. I went through a lot of turmoil, a lot of suffering, but like who I am today would not be if it weren't for going through that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So back then, obviously, you saw it as a very bad thing, right? Um, oh, yeah. So nowadays, you don't look at it like it's a bad thing? It's still a bad thing. Okay. But it, it was like, I see it more as like, it was just a trial. Yeah. I'm not going to say necessary evil because it's like, bro, I don't wish that upon like my worst enemy yeah. to be abused. Mm. But it's like, it, it was a trial. And again, it, it's made me who I am today. I feel like, bro, if I wouldn't have gone through that, I probably would be a pretty soft individual. Yeah. I want you to tell me about how that had an impact and if it did in you picking MMA as a career. Oh yeah. So I think it had a gigantic impact. And this is this is why I feel like it's all the color of a lot. It's all bro, it's all written. And it's like mm -hmm. the way the way that we are meant to go about this life, the way that we are meant to not just express ourselves, not just think, not just all these things, but like live, like actually live this life and, you know, work as an instrument for the creator. I feel like that's all written beforehand. And like, bro, our life experiences and the things we go through is all part of that. And it leads us to that. Because my guy, 
I came from Puerto Rico, and I'm, I'm just give a little backstory here. Right? But I came from Puerto Rico. I was four years old, and I remember being in uh, pre-kindergarten, not knowing any English, not knowing much Spanish. Nah, I knew Spanish, but it's like, I don't know. I was a late learner. You know, I, I learned more physically than I did mentally. We already spoke about this. I'm a very physical individual. And when I was in pre-kinder, I remember all these kids would laugh and I would think they were laughing at me. So, bro, I was fighting every little kid on the playground. For real, for real, bro. I remember I remember I was um, hanging on, you know, the, the, the bars that go into like where you can like do dips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had these like two bars. I was like hanging upside down. I remember this like little boy was coming out here and and this is gonna sound gay, but it's not gay, obviously, because you're a little kid, you don't know any better. Um, you only know literally like survival instincts and being in the present. That's it as a kid. So I'm like I'm hanging off this thing upside down, and this little kid comes and he's he's saying something to me, but I don't understand what he's saying. So it's like I, I'm already getting upset because he's like saying something to me. He was probably asking if I wanted to play or something like that. But then he started laughing because I just kept looking at him. I didn't respond. And when he when he started laughing, I got so mad. I bit this dude's nuts, bro. I bit Buddy's nuts, man. He started crying so bad. I remember the teacher uh, hit up my mom. She's like, "Yo, like we can't have him here. He's um, <laughs> he's <laughs> he's." He bit this dude's nuts. And, and my mom was like, listen, he's, he's not savage. He's just, he doesn't understand. So, like, they had to have the lunch lady, uh, like, basically translate everything for me. But aside from that, aside from that, I went through that period where, like, from a very early age, I was already fighting, right? And, and I didn't get into much fights after that. So, it's like all my fighting was, like, early. And then now it's like I do MMA. But um, in between that time frame, I remember I was going into elementary school and like, bro, I was always a, a, I was always a goof, bro. I was always like laughing and making other people laugh. And um, so I never had issues with people. No, I never had issues with people. People always love being around me. People always love like joking around with me and stuff like that. So it's like I never had people wanting to fight me for no reason or for some beef or something like that. I never had beef, never had beef. And then once this dude came into my life, I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade. And when he came into my life, and like I said, he started to oppress me and put me down. This man would, uh, sometimes he would put me into submissions, like an actual, like a rear naked choke or like a, a leg lock or an ankle lock, or an arm bar, or something like that. And, like, he, you know, I'd be, like, almost yelling in pain, and he wouldn't stop. And there was time where, like, he would hold me, and I would literally go unconscious. I would literally black out. He, he would hold me so long, like, I would, I would be tapping him to let go, and he would keep going until I was fully knocked out. And it was crazy because like you usually don't experience anything when you're knocked out. It's almost like you close your eyes and then you open them back up, but you're in a different position. And he would do that. And I remember there was a part of me that was just so upset. And like, I had been just so manhandled and just so put down by this one individual that a part of me never wanted to go through that again. And because I never wanted to go through that again, 
um, I started putting up this uh, this front as if I was this uh, this really tough dude. And then I would always um, I would always get in people's faces. And keep in mind, I, I didn't get into any fights after elementary. I, nothing crazy, nothing crazy. But it was all because of me. It was because of me trying to act hard, me trying to act tough, and like basically make people believe like, oh, this guy's like, this guy's, you know, he's a tough dude, and like and you don't want to mess with him. And I remember when I actually got into a situation where like things were about to get real heated, like after that situation, nothing happened, right? Nothing happened, but it wasn't me being the aggressor this time. Someone else was aggressing me, but I was standing my ground. And then I remember after that situation, I sat back and I thought, I'm like, damn, like, I really don't know how to fight. Like, I don't know how to defend myself. And then fast forward like a month or so later, my boy was like, yo, I'm doing martial arts right now in my home gym. You should come check it out. And um, I'm not going to get into the whole story of that, but it's like, it's all being geared into that. It's like, I went into martial arts with the idea of, you know what, I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to do this so I can beat anyone's ass, whoever comes near me, whoever tries me. But then it's like, the moment I did it, I, I experienced nothing but freedom. And I was like, wow, like, I really don't need to put up this front. I don't need to act like this hard individual. I can just be myself. And you know what, if it comes down to it, and I have to throw hands or throw legs or just use my body, you know, be violent. Like I'll do it because I know how to do it. You know, I'm not going to be uh, scared. I'm not going to be hesitant because I'm training. When I'm training, I am preparing. It's like Kobe Bryant said in one of his videos, may he rest in peace, man. In one of his videos, he was like, that he, he is, he's, he's cold hearted, he's cold face, cold stone when he's playing his games. And they ask him like, oh bro, like, do you not care? He's like, no, it's not that I don't care. It's just, I've played this thousands and thousands and thousands of times to where it's like, this isn't new for me. So I'm not anxious, I'm not nervous, I'm not over here emotional. This is just another training thing for me. This, a game is just another, it's, it's another game, it's another training session. So for me, if I were to get into another fight, I'm not nervous. I'm not hesitant. It's just another training session. Maybe a little bit more um, is on the table, but it's just another training session. You feel me? So I feel like that's that's the whole thing of the uh, MMA. I'm going off here. Yo, so that guy your your mom would uh, go out with for those couple of years, was his father present in his life? Oh, his father abused him. I knew it, bro. His father abused him. So it, he was basically passing down that trauma. It's like he got hurt, so now he's hurting someone else. It's like that saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, what the abuse mm -hmm. becomes the abuser. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Do you know much about that story or no? Uh, I don't. So he just didn't deal with it, and then he just used you as the outlet. Pretty much. And or was there was, anyone before you? I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, probably. Probably, man. Because um, last, last time I heard about this guy, he uh, 
supposedly he's like, because he has daughters. And, you know, the one daughter that he had that was staying in the house with us, she's still like best friends with my sister. But she doesn't have any contact with him. She completely cut off contact with him because, bro, he treated her bad too. Mm. You know? Like maybe he wasn't abusing them to the extent that he was abusing me. But he still treated them bad. And she said that he also has two other daughters. They're like smaller. And she said she was in contact with them. And that the last thing that she heard was that uh, he doesn't have anyone to release his anger on. So he's literally just beating his dogs, which is pretty messed up, man. It's pretty messed up, bro. But that's that's how it is, bro. That's when when people are oppressing, when people are abusing, it is because they are hurt themselves. They are going through something themselves that they are not confronting. So they are projecting and putting it out onto other people. Mm, yo, y'all remember uh, two nights ago when we were playing Call of Duty, mm. and I asked you guys if you watch Joker. Yeah. It's exactly what you're saying, bro. Yeah, man. That movie was hard to watch. I know, man. Rami, Rami but, said it wasn't, but that room, that movie was hard to watch. Yeah. Rami's like, damn, bro. I could relate to that on an emotional level. I was like, what? Facts. <laughs> yeah, Rami is joking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, bro, you, man, two let, me, let me tell you one thing before mm-hmm. both y'all jump in. The thing that you said where it's like the uh, abuse... The abusee becomes the abuser, bro. That that's facts, man. Like, I've I've never abused anyone, thankfully. But like, I know that I I would have gotten there, because when I was a kid and I was going through this abuse with him, I remember I was in the backyard with one of my friends at the time. We were playing some game, bro. And, and think about it, like, I'm a kid, so I'm in like fifth or sixth grade. We're playing on the trampoline. We're jumping, and I think we're playing some game. And I got really mad. And I just punched him really hard bro i'm talking about i punched him really hard almost in his throat and then he started crying bro and like as i saw him crying i just like i literally saw myself in the position that he was in when he would abuse me and like bro like that that made me sick bro that almost made me throw up as a little kid bro so it's true it's true that the the abuse he becomes the abuser in these uh situations subhanallah mm. I feel like I'm at a loss of words now subhanallah don't be a pussy bro <sighs> sounds very just, abusive just messing, of you to say that man just messing with you bro <laughs> habibi it, um, it's hard bro it, it is hard yeah yeah um I agree with everything you're saying um especially the uh, you know abuse becoming the abuser in the end um, but i think that i feel like that's that's only if you know they don't deal with it properly um as humans i feel like we you know we mimic a lot of the behavior uh we see from others especially when we're growing up um uh, it's a lot of it's like you know environmental so um and i'll add to that it's a traumatic experience right um i feel like a lot of the time the the, the traumatic or the the experiences that stand out the most um, tend to have the greatest impact on us. That's why, you know, a lot of fetishes are just a result of childhood trauma, 
and it comes out in like your sexual life, which is a big you know aspect for a lot of people, um, for or for everybody. So it's 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 really sad that you know, uh, this is the case that when you go through something traumatic in that in that sense, uh, and you don't end up dealing with it, you end up becoming that traumatic experience, and it really it shapes who you are. And I feel like that's why um, good mannerisms and good character is such a you know a fundamental part. Of, of Islam, the Prophet said, I came to perfect good character. And there was, you know, a huge emphasis on, you know, how he treated his family. And the best of you are those who are best to your family, because they're the most vulnerable around you, especially if you're the man of the house, the father figure. Um, uh, SubhanAllah. So it's, it's, it, well, it's sad that, you know, these are the issues we're still struggling with today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, man, you guys have been through quite some stuff, but I will say that a lot Again, this is not some like new age, new religion type thing that you see on Tumblr growing up. Like God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers or something like that. What I'm saying is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never gives a soul more than it can bear. And at the end of the day, this is something that I constantly, you know, go through in my head. And I I constantly make an intention to have it run through my head every day throughout various different things. It's like at the end of the day, bro, no matter where you are in life, everything is perfectly the way it's supposed to be. It might not seem like that right now. It might seem like <clears throat> like everything's just falling apart. But the way things are right now is the way they were already predestined to be. And the only way that things can go for everything to go the perfect way in the future. But it's not going to seem like that in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, no. Look like you want to say something. Yeah, man, my... I feel emotional right now, man. Really... I feel emotional. My eyes are tearing up, bro. Man, oh, it's just, straight. bro, it's, it, it's real, man, because it's, bro, you go through these things, and you're right, bro. It's like these things happen, and, and um, you know, that you, you're not giving more than you can handle. But dude, like I look back and I'm just like, damn, bro. That shit was tough, bro. That shit was tough. Y'all can bleep that out, man. But that was tough, bro. And it does, bro. It does make you into who you are. So like people who are going through something, you know, mentally, mentally, you will put yourself down after the abuse ends. But like that doesn't that doesn't mean that you have to. That doesn't mean that you have to. And it's like mentally you think you're nothing, that you're not worthy of anything, that you are the same thing that this other person was putting you down to be. But it's like mm. I had to go through all these things and like for myself, I realized like, dude, I'm so much more. I'm so much more than what this person was making me out to be. And whoever is going through something like you as well, are so much more. And whatever this person was making you out to be and it's like my guy I'm over here about to go into professional martial arts bro professional MMA like do you guys see the amount of uh, physical uh, suffering these people go through not just in the fights but in their training mm-hmm. like my guy I, I thought to myself and like the that you know that like that negative voice that we all have Whereas, like, you, you're thinking of doing something. And let's say Rami's over here thinking about applying to this school, you know. Um, let's say, Faya, bro, you're over here 
thinking about doing um, residency at this certain place over here, right? And like, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm going to go over here, but then this negative voice comes in your head. It's like, bro, you can't do that. You don't deserve to do that. And like, we know what that is. We know what that is. It's shaitan. But it's like, you have this little voice in your head that's saying, nah, bro, like, what makes you think that you deserve that? What makes you think that you'll be able to handle the amount of pressure that's going to come with that? The amount of sacrifice that you have to do. You know what? You're better off doing this over here. You're more suited for this over here. Bro, I have that voice come in my head all the time. And then it's like, subhanAllah, bro, when I take a step back and I really see it for what it is, like, bro, Allah has been getting me ready for this my entire life. Like, yeah, I may not have had the background of um, fighting all the time. I may have not started martial arts at a very young age. But you know what, bro? I went through abuse, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all this kind of abuse here for eight years. Like, if I'm not ready, then I don't know. I don't know whoever is going to be ready. So it's like, bro. I'm just saying, man, like it's it, it's all part of the plan. And sometimes we just can't see that because we're too close up. Bro. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man, 100 percent like any kid going through even like a sliver of what you went through in the moment, they're like, bro, why is it me? Why me? Why me? Why couldn't it be? Why couldn't I just have a normal, stable, you know, family like everyone else? Why does it have to be me? But you look at it now and it's like, bro, I can't think, I can't say that I know anyone that's been through what you've been through that's trying to go into the MMA, that's trying to go into the UFC. Like this, it's not going to happen, bro. And it's like, who else, just like you said, better suited than you. So before I, I ask you what your, in your opinion, and Rami too, what you guys look at as the best things to heal the wounds and the best things to rip the band-aids off. I'll give, I'll give my two cents on what I think it is. And again, this might not be, again, nothing we say is like, to, to like, you know, we're not psychologists or like counselors or anything. This is just anecdotal experience, right? For me, I would say, before I tell you what it is, I feel like a lot of people, and this is especially the way society is structured, it makes you want, to feel bad about your strengths and it makes you, I mean, my bad. It makes you want to feel bad about your weaknesses instead of feeling good about your strengths. So from a very young age, we're put, we're institutionalized, we go to school and it's like, you see people that are different learners, just like Angel said, he was a kinesthetic learner. He wasn't a mental or, or verbal learner. And then you have a kid like this and you're basically standardizing him or using a measuring stick that society uses and he's different and a lot of kids are different and you got these kids feeling bad because they're not they're not measuring up to the standard that the school has set up so for example if some kid is really good at gym right like they're a really physical guy but they're not good at english bro why are you making this kid do english now i get it there's a basic level of competence that i feel like every every kid needs to have Right. Like it's 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 against the law for you not to go to elementary school and middle school. And I believe secondary school, too. 
like they will find you but it's like i feel like after that bro why are you why are you you know dancing to their tune i don't get this because at the end of the day like imagine it like this you got a kid here who is forever gonna doubt himself and his strengths just like you said because he's only having his weaknesses shown across his face by society by school school's telling him yo you're not really good at uh, at math you're not really good at science you're not really good at english therefore your average grade is this and you're not going to be you're not going to amount to anything in life whereas this kid's probably getting like really good grades in let's say geography or something what if that's like his purpose you get what i mean so he's never going to know that because society keeps making you feel bad for your weaknesses now what i feel like is far more resourceful is focus on your strengths first you know, I'm not going to tell you, you know, neglect your weaknesses, you know, assume they don't exist. But what I will say is don't worry about them right now. Double down on your strengths. Make that like times 10 then worry about your weakness. But by that point, you already know what you're good at. You feel me? And everyone's good at something. There's no there's not going to be anyone that's that's like, oh, I don't have a purpose. Or, you might feel like that now, but there's definitely something that everyone's good at. Now, my biggest thing dealing with these these issues that Anna was talking about it puts you in a very particular scenario or situation when the people that you love and the people that you hold really close to you, or even if you don't love them, they're in a position where they're supposed to be looking out for you, kind of like you're the guy that your mom was with, right? Even if you didn't love him, he was supposed to be in a position for you to love him, right? Because he was he was supposed to be that, that leader of the house, that father figure, but he was never there, bro. So you can never look up to him as, right? What I would say is with people like this, if these are the types of people that are abusing you, neglecting you, making you feel worthless, right? And it's very difficult because it's like, bro, these are your loved ones. These are your kin. You can't really abandon them. What I will say with these people is, again, instead of cutting them off or, you know, thinking revenge or like trying to like use your 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 traumatic energy and put that on another individual what i will say is bro just distance yourself from them now i'm not gonna say you know be you know have malintentions and like distance yourself and when they hit you up don't don't hit, hit them back up i'm not saying that bro but what i am saying is if they're only gonna come at you sideways and that's literally the only language that they speak you don't need that in your life I don't care if it's literally your brother, your sister. If they're coming at you sideways, I'm not saying cut them off, but it's them being the transgressor, not you. Bro, come on. Like, what are you going to keep going with that? And you're just going to let that drain you day by day and they're not going to realize what they're doing? Now, if it's someone that, you you know, it doesn't matter. Like, let's say it's a boss or let's say it's it's like, you know, some other environment. Bro, get out of there. What are you doing at a job that, you're not respected. At, you know, you know, they, you know, they don't like you. They don't want you. But you've somehow associated keeping food on the table with them. And now this guy is like the source of like your survival and provisioning. Bro, that that makes no sense because Allah is the only provider, provisioner, sustainer, right? But with important people, I would say if you could make things work, you know, always be civil. But if if they're just gonna keep coming at you sideways, man, it's like. You got you to gotta realize who's first. Because if you let that get to you and bring you down, bro, everyone is going to crumble. Because you got to be the person that everyone looks up to. You got to be the person that's in charge. So if you crumble, it's not going to work. So how are you going to take care of other people first and put them above your own needs and let that affect you? And then it's going to affect everyone else. Yeah, That's facts, 100%. I feel like this is something a lot of people struggle with. Um, 
a lot of the time I get messages from people asking, you know, my, my, my mom's acting like this. My father's acting like that. What should I do? Right. I can't exactly cut them off. What do I do? Um, and a lot of the times it's, it's unfortunate because when you're in that position, you can't really do anything. You can't just leave the house at this, you know, um, this age, you're not ready for that. Um, you're, they're your parents. They don't feel like they have to listen to you. So you talk, trying to talk to them isn't going to do much. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of people you can reach out to. And this is the issue because a lot of the time, you know, people end up just having to deal with it. And that's, you know, it's not um, very mentally healthy to tell someone just deal with it. Right. Uh, because it does a few things. It makes them feel like one, they're not dealing with it. They're not going through it. And two, um, you know, they're doing something wrong now. It's almost like gaslighting them, right. Telling them that, uh, it's almost acting like it's normal and they have to go through it rather than, you know, really, uh, confronting, confronting the issue at hand. Um, and I think this is something we really struggle with as a society, even like the Muslim community nowadays, because we live in this society, um, the topic of mental health and broken families and not having father figures and not having stable foundations and not having good morality and all these things, you know, um, they're all a byproduct of living in this broken society. Um, and it's, it's really unfortunate because society, the community is just a bunch of individual people, right? But how, what the hell do you have of the society when all the individuals are broken? How is the society as a whole going to be stable, right? And, that, and that's something, you know, we're struggling with fundamentally. And that's something we need to work on fundamentally. Um, so I get I, it, man. Yeah. yeah no, go on. Have you, I think something everyone needs to take from this is, well, I mean, there's a lot that you can take from this, but um, uh, one of the the more beneficial things, the self-reflective things is that um, you always have to put yourself in a position to better yourself, you know, when you can. Sometimes we feel like we can't, but um, I'll talk about that later. You have to put yourself in a position where you can benefit yourself and you're working towards that. And then once you get to that leadership position, you can start leading other people to get to that position and then teach them to lead other people to get to that position. Um, something, you know, uh, one of the Mushayikh I3 uh, really pushes for being a leader that can create leaders uh, is, is fundamentally important for us nowadays. Mm. I don't know, you got something to say? Because I think this is perfect to lead into our next topic. Yeah, I mean, if, we, if we're talking about how to actually rip the Band-Aid off and like mm. deal with everything that's going on, man, it's, you got to get real comfortable with being alone and the beautiful thing is we're never really alone because Allah is always with us but you have to be comfortable with being alone by yourself because by yourself when you're not distracting yourself with something whether it be some form of entertainment or something else or whether you be with friends or family or something you're by yourself all your demons start coming out. All that stuff that you've been trying to lock away in your head starts coming up to the surface. And that's a, bro, a lot of times people will experience that and they'll, they'll get so anxious or they'll just, they can't handle it. They'll immediately grab their phone or they'll immediately put a song on. Or they'll immediately just do something else, distract themselves. When it's like, my guy, my girl, that is what you need to go through. All those demons coming up, subhanAllah. Like, isn't it beautiful how the body knows how to purge and how the body knows how to heal itself? 
like Allah has made us so perfectly where it's like we just need to disconnect from everything be by yourself or, or more importantly be with the creator just be don't don't be doing anything don't distract yourself and it's like all these bad things will start coming up and then all you have to do is literally go through them like allow mm. yourself to go through them no matter how hard it is because bro even if it hurts even if you start crying even if you feel all this pain inside like it's temporary it is temporary and you get past it and i wish i would have known that from the rip because if if i did i probably would have gotten over everything within a few months now this is very optimistic of me but i'm being honest because it was this process of like starting to get to this state dealing with a little bit and then coming out of it because i couldn't handle the rest that was coming up and while there's nothing wrong with that it's like me constantly doing that resulted in healing that could have took one to two months taking like five to six years mm. you see what i'm saying so it's really just a matter of being alone being with yourself without any distractions letting all the bad stuff come and then just going through it i mean literally there's a saying and it says the only way out is through and it couldn't be more true honestly mm. yo bro that goes hard how many people are watching this right now i'm talking to all of you guys watching this right now that you just go into a room and you need something on you need some sound on you need something on netflix on you need something to just literally distract you from what allah is trying to tell you and what your body's trying to get out and what these negative you know these these unresolved childhood conflicts that are so important and they're trying to get resolved and you just keep pushing them away and repressing them away because it's just so hard to just sit down with yourself for five minutes bro and it's not this is not me telling you guys as an attack because this is a reminder to myself first and foremost and these two brothers can testify to that too but at the end of the day, there's a lot of things in this dunya, in this life, that if you do them short term, it'll give you peace. Like picking up that phone, putting on that, that song, doing whatever distracts you. Short term, they will give you comfort, but long term, they will give you dis-ease or discomfort. And there's a lot of other things conversely, which if you do them short term, they will be very difficult. For this example, it will be not picking up that phone, not putting something on, sitting down in the dark five minutes with yourself and just reflecting, all right? It's not, the body doesn't want that, right? So these things short-term, dis, they bring discomfort, right? They're uncomfortable, but long-term, they're very comfortable. It'll give you, you know, peace and ease in the long run. But we don't notice that because we as human beings, we're very, you know, we're hardwired, um, you know, by nature, the way we were designed, we're hardwired to only focus on the now. Because we're always, you know, fight or flight, survival. So, you know, we're not hardwired to think about long-term things. Long-term, you know, you know, introspection is just a is a modern, you know, human type of uh, cognitive trait that we have. It wasn't. It's not. It has no survival mechanism in the wild, right? Yeah, there's a little bit to foraging and all that, but we can get to that some other time. Short-term is all that matters. Instant gratification, all that matters. If you have someone in the wild. Um, and, and you give them a lot of food, bro, they're not going to think about, okay, should I save some for tomorrow? Should I you know, divide it into seven days? No, they're going to eat the whole thing right now because they don't know the next time they're going to get fed. They're only thinking with their, with their instincts, right? And we sometimes get like that, bro, when we get too emotional, which 
again, and then being emotional makes us more instinctual. You get what I mean? So it just takes us away from being rational. So my invitation to you guys, brothers and sisters, is do what makes you feel uncomfortable and do more of those things. It might be difficult, right? I'm not saying now, you know, do some, commit some crime because the thought of committing that crime makes you uncomfortable. What I am saying is you already know what it is that you're supposed to be doing if you just get out of your own way and close your eyes. So just do it, right? Now, yeah, if, if you play Call of Duty Mobile with a controller, you should probably play without the controller. Damn, bro. That's, that's how that, that goes hard too, bro. <laughs> but if, if we're done with that, if we're done with uh, throwing shade, let's say we move to our next topic. <clears throat> Inshallah. Now, what time is, is it? Something, right now? Well, we got, we got a few minutes, bro. Don't worry. Uh, okay. Just over four. Now, the main thing that I want to get at this. I'll say it in one word and I'll let you guys say whatever comes to mind. All right. Now the word is judgment. Right. And I'll throw in a little, a little sentence right there. The problem is we, as today, we try to act and play the role of God. Stuck for Allah. We think we're in this position where we constantly have to judge others and we constantly have to judge ourselves and we constantly have to, you know, always see, oh, who's doing that? Who's doing this? Who's not on point? Who's doing this? It's like, yeah, it's, it's our role to make sure everyone's straight at the end of the day along with us. But Allah's, Allah's the one that judges, bro. Why are we out here always, you know, being in a position where we judge and only looking at people's flaws, trying to pick them apart, tear them down? But I'll let you guys uh, give me a two cents of that. Let you go first, Rami, since you uh, won in chess last night. I'll give you the honor. <laughs> All right. Jazakallah khair. I appreciate it. Uh, so the specific question you asked at the end was why? Right? I didn't ask any question, bro. Oh, okay. I thought you asked why. Um, I just want to know. I just want to know you, like, yeah. relate to me, bro. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Because I think this is a big issue that in the past I would have. Yeah. And I had to consciously, like, overcome that. Because yeah. we're conditioned by society to just always judge people, bro. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, I mean, judge too much judgment um, or judgment in, in favor of one way versus the other is, is always a problem, right? For example, if you're judging yourself too positively and you're only looking at, you know, oh, I did this and I'm amazing, right? That's, that's the problem because you, uh, you neglect whatever weaknesses you have um, and you can't work on yourself. And, and you fall into not knowing you have a problem, right? But if you're judging yourself negatively, then it's like you're not focusing on, you know, your, your strengths and you can't really organize yourself to tear yourself towards those strengths. Um, and, and judging yourself actively constantly on your weaknesses is not actually a good, um, a, a good reflective trait, right? It's actually a, a pessimistic trait. It's, it's kind of just hating on yourself at that point. And like Anhil said, it gets to the point where you're kind of abusing yourself. Now, judging other people, this is a different thing. This, this judging other people comes from many different, um, uh, many different places. And one, first and foremost, we live in a very um, marketed society, right? Uh, especially women, right? They're, they're essentially marketed nowadays. That they should look away, act away, talk away, and um, so on and so forth. So when you live in this, this society where everything is to be purchased and you are to look a certain way and act a certain way, um, 
the entire this is summarized with the entire ideology of political correctness right or even societal correctness that if you're not acting or thinking in a certain way you are judged for not being like everyone else you're you're uh, alienated by it and living in the society conditions us to also fall for these things um, but this is something i love about islam because it gives us the objective basis it gives us the the, the foundation and it actually gives us tools uh, in which we can actually you know be better a society for example uh, creating excuses for your brother right what's what's better than that uh, i believe omar anhu, he said that if you see alcohol dripping from the beard of your brother right assume that someone spilt it on him right don't assume that he was drinking and if you if you if you really implement that in your life and anywhere you are um oh. you'll yeah it's, it's amazing wallah you get to the point where it's like you're no longer judging and pe- judging other people has such a, a negative impact on on yourself because a lot of the time when we judge what happens? We feel better about ourselves because we look at them and we're like, they're not as good, right? But the, in actuality, a lot of the time when you're judging other people, I feel like it's a reflection of yourself, something you're not willing to admit. For example, a lot of the brothers, when they um, they see a woman without hijab, right? There is that that ghira that they, they could have, they should have that, you know, um, you know, it would be better for her if she took over for the sake of Allah, this and that. But a lot of the time, it's not coming from that place. And it shows with how they deal with it uh, in this judge, uh, judgmental and, and negative fashion. And I find a lot of the time it's because they couldn't look away from her. And they find that they themselves fell into a sin and they want to blame her for that rather mm-hmm. than accepting that it's their own you know fault as well. Um, and that's, you know, that's not an external problem. That's an internal problem that they're facing. Uh, so a lot of the time judging other people is just a cop out for our own issues. And if you're not actively reflecting on yourself and being empathetic with other people, um, you're no better than the next guy. And that's a big issue because you should um, actually Jordan Peter said, uh, I think in his 12 rules for life in his book, he wrote, um, don't compare yourself to, to someone else, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, right? Or don't try and be better than other people, just be better than who you were yesterday. And I think that uh, that is fundamentally important uh, as well. Mm-hmm. That's my my two cents. Sure. Yo, real quick, let me just start in something before you go on. Yeah, uh, talking to you, Anil, that he's right, bro, about the thing with women. Women are marketed towards today, and society knows that because women, at the end of the day, um, they're hardwired for this trait called groupthink right, in evolutionary biology. So groupthink is basically like if everyone thinks one way, I'm gonna think that way too. Right? That's also why they're also vulnerable to pre-selection theory. But that's not relevant. My point is. When you have a woman today, the average woman, if every girl is doing some TikTok challenge, they're going to want to do that TikTok challenge. If every woman's wearing false eyelashes, they're going to want to wear false eyelashes. They don't even know why they're doing it, but it's like to be outcasted from that society, from that social order, from that group, it's it's too uncomfortable, bro. If every woman has this, they're going to want to do that too. So where I'm going with this is society knows that and, and you know, consumerism and, and, you know, all these big major corporations, they know that, right? What is it, like 70 or 80% of uh, every dollar spent today is from women, right? So they know that. So at the end of the day, he's right. And women also will want to, you know, fall prey to that. What I would admire though, I know a lot of women today and they've kind of, you know, drifted off from that and they stop judging other people. They stop backbiting other women. They stop talking, you know, smack about people. I know a lot of women, all they do is gossip, right? So if you're the former type of woman that I said that you're trying to actively, and men too, you're just becoming a better version of yourself. Just like Rami said, stop judging people. Man, the, the benefits it's going to have on your life is astronomical. Thanks. That's facts. Bro. 
I believe that judgment is a defense mechanism. It's a, a way that our mind uh, utilizes something in order to survive. Because, um, yeah, it's cool, it's cool. I'll, I'll try to be quick. No, no, so think, Okay, think about if you're out in the wild. You need to judge certain situations. You see a, a snake pattern in the grass. You better judge that accordingly. Because your next step may be your last. And you might step right where that snake is and get bitten. And sorry, buddy, but there's nothing around you that's going to save you. All right. So it's like the judgment is necessary in order for us to survive. But look at how we live. Look at how we live now and just try to imagine what we lived like before we had all these technological advancements, before we had all these things available to us. All right. we, we were living basically in a dopamine detox state. We were living in a very pure and natural state. and judgment was very necessary to survive now we live in a time where you need judgment but you don't need that much judgment you're over here talking to someone having a conversation with your own friend you don't need judgment but the reason why your mind is still judging is because that's just your mind your mind is a tool why does your heart beat it's how it functions your heart has to beat. you can't tell your heart to stop beating if your heart stops beating you're done like, good night, bro. Good night. You are not going to be here anymore if your heart starts beating. So it's like you can't tell your mind to stop doing what it's naturally going to do. You just have to understand, okay, this is what the mind does. And if I'm stuck in my mind, if I'm stuck in my head with the mind just going off, thinking this, this, and that, well, then I'm at the mercy or whatever is going on in my mind. If my mind is judging something, then I'm at the mercy of that because then I'm, I'm literally going to be a slave to whatever my mind is judging. If my mind is saying, ah, this person is a, this person is a cuck. Like, I'm going to start treating them like a cuck. I'm not even going to give them the respect they deserve. I'm not going to... It's like what Rami said, where it's like, if you see your brother with alcohol dripping off his face... Like, bro, I, I would judge the dude. I'd be like, this guy just had some drink, bro. And this guy ain't serious. He's not Muslim. But it's like, bro, you don't need that. If, if you're stepping outside of your mind, it, if you know how to use your mind as a tool that it is, and you're able to be present, more present in these situations, then you have the ability to be compassionate and to give people the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. and to actually experience life without judgment. But it's like it, it takes a lot of work, man. It doesn't matter. That, that's 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 facts. It's straight. That's straight facts. At the end of the day, most of the time that you see someone that you're talking about with with alcohol dripping down their face and you judge them, it's because you you fell asleep with the bottle beside you and and you're trying to get mad at yourself, but you don't have the guts to get mad at yourself. So now you're gonna get mad at another person. Yeah. What is up with that, bro? I get it, man. Life is hard, man. Every day is jihad for Allah. Like every day is struggle for the cause of Allah. Every day is is an effort. Every day is its own battle. But it's not gonna end if if you just keep you know being blind. Now, if you want to go you know deeper with this content, I'll tell you what to do. All right. If you want to go hella deep, like you want to you know fully zone into this, you like what we're talking about, become a patron. All right. But if you're just trying to get a little deep, just trying to you know get your foot in the water, just get a little wet. 
I would say then watch Anhel's video on, I believe it's how to harness your masculine energy or how to increase masculine energy. He goes a little deeper talking about, uh, you know, meditation and just calming down and letting your mind catch up because the mind loves to think, bro. It loves this, this monkey brain. You know, Bruce Lee talked about it decades ago where we just love chattering and this thing's always on, right? It's not easy to just calm down and just be in that silence, but it's uncomfortable and you grow from that. I mean, what is the time? It's 4.18. 14, man. I say, uh, I say we wrap this up. All right. All right. Yeah. All right, y'all. So if you made it this far, go ahead and hashtag OnlyFans. And um, we hope the video helps. We hope the video helps someone. If, if you're going through something, you know, you don't have to legitimately go in through abuse like I did. Um, abuse can show up in many ways, shape, and forms. Um, it could be yourself. It could be someone else. Um, just we hope it helps. Yeah. All right, okay. So, Sorry, I want to slip in very quickly. Something I wanted to say earlier, but I forgot. Um, if the, your situation is severe, right, like, like, like severe depression or severe, you know, suicidal thoughts, tendencies, you need to seek professional help, right? Um, it's not enough to watch a video and, and, and sit down by yourself when you're in that state. Um, it, but, you know, there's a place for that where you can do that safely. So seek professional help. I just want to get that out there so nobody gets the wrong idea. Yeah. You yeah, know what, bro? This is, not, this is not legal advice. Mm-hmm. Nor medical not, advice. Yeah. You wouldn't be saying that if you had that LLC now, would you? Now, what I am going to do is I'm going to comment right down below. In the description box, I'm going to put in some links for various different sources that you guys guys and girls can check out, right? I'm going to try to find one for like, let's say you, you're, you're a victim of abuse at home and you don't really, you can't really escape or you can't really talk to someone about it or you don't want to be seen. We can keep it anonymous. I'll put in another link for mental health if you want to, you know, find a helpline, something like that. But at the end of the day, guys, life is short. You only got one life. I'm not going to say stop suffering and sound like, you know, holier than thou but at the end of the day some of the worst people i know that are suffering the hardest are the people that are choosing to suffer and they know they're suffering right if you don't know you're suffering cool but you know you got a problem and you're still choosing to suffer we're not talking about like absolute trash people that are now making other people suffer you know you're suffering bro and and the only one you're supposed to be you know worrying about their approval is Allah. come on yeah facts 100 percent I'm going to let let Rami close it off. But again, thank you guys for watching this video. And again, if you made it this far, hashtag OnlyFans. Rami, take it away, bro. I hope this episode was um, very helpful to you guys. It was a very heavy topic. May Allah bless you all. May Allah bless Brother Anhil for sharing what he shared and uh, grant him the best of this life in the next, as well as everybody watching and Mm -hmm. uh, the brother my left here mashallah for that being said allahumma atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab nar assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh